Hey friends, my name is Kathy Ritchie, and I like to talk about things that can make most people uncomfortable. And my latest podcast really hits a nail on the head. It's called Period, The End, but not really, and it's about menopause. The fact is, anyone with ovaries will go through menopause, and most will have symptoms. We're talking hot flashes, anxiety, sleepless nights, vaginal dryness, even abnormal bleeding. In period the end, I aim to give you more information from menopause experts because this chapter of life can be gut-wrenching, exhausting, and just plain confusing. Information is power for you, your partner, your children, your friends, and colleagues. The other thing, this can be an incredibly isolating time for women, and now more than ever, we need connection. So let's get a little uncomfortable. Actually, I should have said, let's get really uncomfortable. In this episode, I'm going to introduce you to a menopause certified provider who helps women connect with their intimate anatomy. Yes, this is a podcast about menopause, but it's important to talk about the intersection between the change, sex, and how we experience or feel about our bodies which is where Dr. Deborah Wickman comes in. Wickman is a director of female sexual medicine, vulva disorders, and menopause health at Banner University Medical Center in Phoenix, Arizona. She's been in her current role for about a decade. Before that, she was delivering babies. Part of what makes that so special is the relationship we develop with the women, because it's not just come here to see me for one thing and then never again. It's an ongoing relationship with healthcare, with babies, with, you know, as they age. And as she developed that relationship, more women were starting to ask me questions that I didn't have the answers about with regard to sex and how to like it more, how to have it better. So Wickman embarked on a journey of discovery at a UCLA fellowship in female sexual medicine. She later became a certified sexuality counselor through the American Association of Sexuality Educators, Counselors, and Therapists. Wickman can now look at a patient in a truly holistic way. And that's important because when the body experiences pain down there, the source may not be obvious at first. And they will tolerate that for years before they actually seek help. And partly that's because they don't really know where to go. And when they try to maybe reach out sometimes, they get somebody who doesn't know how to help or just blows it off. And so then they get they feel ignored or dismissed. And so they lose their courage in how to, how to really approach it. The other thing a lot of us don't like to talk about are vaginas, especially if it hurts. We might feel ashamed or embarrassed, like what's wrong with me? The answer, nothing. So we came from a time of like no information. And you know, our role models as women didn't want to talk about it. I mean, it's so common for the older role models like our mothers and our grandmothers were totally shut down around sexuality and didn't want to talk about it and would dismiss it if, if it was brought up. So it's really common for me to ask a patient, um, what was your mother's experience with this kind of situation? And they have no idea, even when she went into menopause, let alone whether she had symptoms or pain or any problems. And a woman can experience pain for myriad reasons. A vaginal delivery can lead to all sorts of lasting issues. A second or third degree vaginal tear, for example, can cause soreness or pain during intercourse years later. There's also autoimmune conditions and allergies or other sensitivities that can cause pain. 
Throw in menopausal symptoms like vaginal dryness and thinning of vaginal tissues, which can lead to micro-tearing, and that can make sex unpleasant real fast. They have trouble achieving orgasms, so the most common tendency is to just fake it, get it over with quick, you know, tolerate the pain, don't let him see that it hurts, and then just get, you know, hopefully the next time will be a good distance off. And that's just no good way to live. And according to the Menopause Society, between 17 and 45% of postmenopausal women say they find sex painful. So not that uncommon, which means we need to be talking about it. I mean, what happens in our intimate anatomy is relevant. It affects our emotions, it affects our beliefs, our mindset, and in doing that, it affects our whole uh, relationship with ourselves and life and our partners and family and everything. So a woman who loves and embraces her vagina and in intimate anatomy is really such a more fulfilled, happier woman in herself and her relationships. There's something else too, Wickman tells me, and this is something she sees among women going through menopause. When women come to talk about low desire, one thing I explain is that it's not just sexual desire. That part of the brain, the limbic part of the brain, is where enthusiasm, um, motivation, desire for creativity, for all the things we used to love doing but now don't do anymore, and that's the reason. It kind of slowly ebbs away and we just don't know why and we don't even notice it. It's a common thing that women will say, I used to love doing something, you know, I used to love going dancing, but uh, I just haven't done it in years. And that's why the shine kind of goes off of our limbic brain and that spark that makes us unique and enthusiastic and excited about life just kind of dims. Now a lot of it, she says, has to do with the drop in hormones, specifically testosterone, which peaks in our 20s and slowly declines thereafter. It's also the first sex hormone to fade away, so to speak. So where does this leave Wickman and her patients? I mean, she has some patients struggling with pain because of childbirth or other traumas, both physical and emotional. There are also those who are struggling with menopausal-related pain. And then there's all of the above. For Wickman, identifying and treating pain is where the doctor's side of her comes in. Helping women to love themselves and connect with their intimate anatomy is where the counselor side of her gently offers guidance. Now I have started calling it the process of evolving because it's really evolving but through the vulva, so evolving. Yes, you heard that right, evolving. And what she does is, well, it's a lot. It's remarkable, it's curious, it's a little jarring. I do this process where sometimes I use a mirror, but more formally I use an iPad where the woman can hold the iPad and I can transmit the image that I'm focusing on right onto her iPad, onto the iPad, so she sees it in HD. The image Wickman is talking about is her patient's vulva, vagina, and even her cervix in high definition. It can be a lot to take in because unlike the male anatomy, we females can't always clearly see what's what, let alone what's inside. And sometimes initially, even just with the mirror, women will say, I don't want to see that. It's disgusting. It's ugly. Who would even want to get near that? And so then I know we have a lot of work to do because if, if we don't embrace our own bodies and 
learn to love ourselves, we're not going to get over so many of these hurdles. Sadly, Wickman says she sees more women who are turned off by their own vaginas than those who love and embrace their anatomy. And then if you're so turned off with your own anatomy, how do you think your partner is going to be turned on by it? You know, we kind of project our feelings onto our partners and we want to project a feeling of acceptance and intrigue and desire and not the other way around. So it's really, really important to turn that narrative around and learn to accept our bodies, love our bodies, and even intentionally work on changing what we do find negative so that you can be empowered that you're making the kind of, of situation you want. What I found fascinating about our conversation is that even from an early age, there's just a lot of shame about our bodies. Shame about our weight, shame and embarrassment about our periods. I mean, think of all the jokes or rather horror stories you've heard over the years. I can't help but think about a time when I was in middle school and a classmate who wore white jeans got her period. People were laughing and talking in the halls about what happened to this child. She was a child. Fast forward and how many jokes have you heard about vaginas or hot flashes? Probably more than you can count. And as we get older, the pressure to look a certain way or behave a certain way just doesn't go away. We hear things like women are past their prime in menopause and that's just so grating. Because we don't feel old inside our heads. I mean, I'm speaking from somebody who's in menopause and I still feel the same inside my head as I did 20 years ago. So your concept of yourself doesn't age, but women have a lot of anxiety when they start seeing changes in their physical body, changes in their physical abilities. And that is so hard. Somehow society has decided that men become silver foxes and we just become old, unattractive, useless, invisible. We have to change that, if not for our generation, but for our daughters and our sons. This is a team effort, which means having honest and accurate conversations about reproductive health starting at an early age. So much of it is communication and education about the body and what to expect and what's normal and what can be done to, you know, solve whatever problem is happening. So just because when you don't know what's happening, that escalates the anxiety and it always makes it worse. That's part of my that's why my practice is so heavy on education and outreach and connection, really at any age. But if it hasn't happened by the time you're in menopause, it needs to start now. <laughs> Darn straight, Dr. Wickman. Thank you for joining me on this incredible journey about menopause. We hit on so many topics over the last six episodes. I could not have done this without my incredible colleagues at KJZZ News in Phoenix, Arizona, who supported this idea from the very beginning. For more information about this podcast or to hear previous episodes, visit period.kjzz.org. I'm Kathy Ritchie, your grateful perimenopausal reporter and host. Thank you for listening.